What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Hey, what's going on? Blog Talk Radio. about his latest book that is out 
and all of the awesome things that he's doing, not only for children, but also for occasion in regards to drumming. So we're going to get into all that good business. But let's get into some music. I'm not going to sit here and be super depressed today. I got a great song for you. This band, to me, honestly, sounds similar. If you like bands like The Weeknd and stuff like that, you will like this band. Here's WNWD. I know it's not NWD40, that's for sure. Here's Cruise here on the Kirby Melhead Show.
And, of course, that was WNWD with Cruz. And we got a couple more minutes before Rich comes on. So let's continue with some riot talk, shall we? And then we're going to get into our guest of honor for today's show. So like I was saying earlier, I was having so many Wi-Fi problems. And for some reason, you know, Midwest, these cable companies out here, it can be ridiculous sometimes, and especially with keeping a decent connection. So this entire week has been devoted to making sure that I'm on the air properly and making sure, you know, that everything is is being done correctly. Because, like, it's just been frustrating the last couple of weeks to, you know, my signal would be in, my signal would be out. But I'm just really grateful um, that things worked out before this week because I would have been really devastated uh, if I did not have the chance to, you know, be able to do this show and to just be able to keep pushing and keep progressing. But we're going to be moving to a different platform. Um, You know, when Blog Talk Radio works right, it works right. But I was really just disheartened that they got rid of the Skype um, application because that's what I usually use to connect on the air. And also later on the program, find out how I really feel about all of this strange, like, vampire pop culture that's really been emerging in the last couple of years, as well as I'm going to be sharing with you some of my favorite sinking your teeth in shows. So we're going to be talking about things like Buffy the Vampire Slayer and all of that good stuff. And also find out later about the latest release coming out from Alex Cooper. Hey, this guy is still breathing and still rocking, so that's always a good thing. So without further ado, we have our guest of honor here, who is Rich Redmond. Rich Redmond is an influential touring, recording drummer, percussionist, based in Nashville, Tennessee, Los Angeles, California. His versatile, dynamic, and rock-solid drumming is the sound behind many of today's top artists. And I'm, I'm talking about, you know, little artists like Lucas, Kelly Clarkson, Sal Dean, and the list could go on and on. So let's get Rich here on the line. How are you doing? How are you? I am so honored to be able to talk to you, Rich. I mean, from all of the things that I've read about you, it's so refreshing to have someone that's so humbled and somebody who really takes the effort to not only, you know, help others with your, you know, your unique way of teaching, but, but also to encourage others. And, and that's, you have my utmost respect. Well, thank you. The, the honor is mine. This is great. I, I love podcasts. This is a great way of spreading information in the new world. Yes, absolutely. And, I was reading about, like, how you grew up. You you have been all over the place, and then you ended up in Texas. And considering the pizzazz and and personality that you have, and, you know, and Texas is a very conservative place. Like, how were you able to spread your wings and, and do drumming in an area like that? Uh, you know what? I, I well, I started in Connecticut. I'm originally a New England boy, and my my parents are were my dad was an accountant, my mom was a nurse, just hardworking people, and but very supportive. You know, I'm one of uh, three kids. I have two other brothers, 
and um, they just recognized that I was kind of like high energy. I was hitting everything in sight. So I think my dad secretly wanted to be a drummer, but he had already chosen his path. So he's like, well, maybe my son will play drums. And so he kind of got me started really early on. And I just kind of did it the right way. You know, I got formal training as a young man and, and they really encouraged me, but didn't over encourage me. Like you got to practice five hours a day or I'm not going to pay for these lessons. I was just drawn <laughs> to it. And I was, I put the time in, you know, and, um, and it was great. And yeah, I did end up in Texas um, when I was 11 years old, but, and I was in a part of Texas where there isn't a real lot to do in El Paso, Texas, man. It's, it's kind of like a dust ball, you know, it's a wonderful place, very <laughs> multicultural, but um, there wasn't a lot to do, but practice, which was really good for me. So I just kind of holed up in my room and played along to records and kind of dreamed and fantasized about being on the big stage. And, and I'll tell all the listeners out there, if you have a dream or a fantasy or a vision for yourself, hold on to that because you literally, you know, I didn't, I wasn't able to do it when I was 24 years old, you know, play Madison Square Garden and the Hollywood Bowl. I did it when I was 44 years old. But the fact is, is I never gave up and I held on to that, you know, belief in myself. And so if you want to do something, dance, write screenplays, you know, finish a novel, uh, be an actor, start a small business, whatever you want to do, you can do it. I wholeheartedly agree because to me personally, you know, you have done it. And this is something I've always kind of wondered about, you know, someone who is a drummer um, and you're dealing with, I mean, you, you've worked with Ludacris, you've worked with Britney Spears, and now you're currently working with Jason Aldean. Like, how do you, I would say from a percussionist standpoint, how do you prepare yourself for, you know, an artist like Britney Spears who does a lot of, you know, pop-based music? and then transitioning into country? Because it seems to me that you, there there has to be a certain process and a certain rhythm that you have to go into to be able to do that. Yeah. Um, you know what? I would have loved to have played with Britney Spears. She's sexy, but I, I don't I, – <laughs> you must have got the wrong bio. I never played with her, but I tell you, one of my students plays with Britney's sister. Her, her hmm. younger sister is a country artist. But yeah, I've played a little lots of different kinds of music, and a lot of it has been through the gateway of Nashville because gate Nashville is a, is a songwriting capital of the world, and so people come here to like write songs, and it's very difficult to write a hit song. I mean, it's just it's just there's no secret weapon. It's got to have a you know perfect formula of, of a tempo and the feel and the melody and the message and the production, and, and a lot of people spend their whole lives chasing down that you know, that drug of trying to write a hit song. But as a drummer or a percussionist, you really just have to be very instinctual and you have to kind of like rely on your your God-given primitive instinct to to make a song come to life. And that just comes with experience. You know, I've been playing in bands, you know, um, since I was 12 years old, just playing in different bands. And it's just time in the cockpit, you know, just putting in those 10,000 hours of experience so you can become an expert at something. But, uh, but yeah, through playing with Jason, um, who's just a wonderful world-class country rock star of our time, I've been able to like work with the, like Brian Adams and Joe Perry from Aerosmith and Ludacris has joined us on some award shows and Bob Seger. We've done some tape, you know, so I've got to, to meet some really amazing artists. And the funny thing you just have to remember is that all these people, yeah, they're all highly creative. They're very artistic individuals sometimes they're a little quirky but they're all just people they have to pay their taxes they have to wash their clothes and 
they put their pants on one leg at a time, just like us. And if I ever try to get tripped out or nervous about working with somebody, I just remember that, Hey, these people, uh, they all poop and pay taxes. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know? sometimes I say that myself, but then I'm like, okay, they may be able to put on pants, but like one of my pants is like, you know, $15 and their pants are like 1500 <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? If you're spending $1,500 on pants, there's a big issue there. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've always wondered that, too. It's like, And, and that's something I've, I've, I've wondered as well. Is How do you stay, you know, so humble and so grounded? Because that, that was the main thing that I was reading about you is that, you know, people have, have always said that. I mean, on Twitter, my Twitter exploded. I thought... You know, something that happened. People were like, no, Rich is a really, really nice guy, and you will love him, and, you know, he, he's really oh, awesome. Nice. But this is a, yeah, this is a, a business that I think sometimes it can wear people down. Like, so how do you, you know, you stay focused and, and be that person that, that everybody really respects? Oh, it's well, I appreciate that. I mean, that's just, that's just something, you know, a person's reputation is just like, a culmination of their actions over an extended period of time. So I always just try to remember that I really can't ever afford to have a really bad day or to mistreat people um, because that may be the only time they meet me and they carry around that impression of me forever. So, so I, I just try to do, um, you know, use my gifts. I mean, this is a God given gift, you know, the, to have rhythm, to have the drive to develop that rhythm to have the the hunger and the focus to actually cultivate a uh, a career in such a cutthroat, no guarantees kind of business, I kind of just have to remember that I'm very fortunate. So if I can use this platform to like help other people, whether it be you know a kid that wants to learn how to play the drums and he works out of my you know my little fundamentals book, or if it's somebody that's moving to Nashville and they have no idea how to start navigating and pursuing their dream. You know, I could give them all sorts of advice in just five minutes and maybe save five years off of their journey and save them a lot of uh, heartache and pain. And, you know, a lot of people come in to pursue their dreams and they make a lot of mistakes. Um, so I've already been through that. I've been here 18 years in Nashville, which is like kind of like Hollywood. You know, I'm uh, I'm getting out to Hollywood more and more because I have a real big interest in doing voiceover work and acting. So I'm getting out there and, and I'm, I'm hoping that all my good deeds in the world are going to pay off and somebody's going to help me because I'm trying to learn exactly how Hollywood is working. And, and I've already met some really amazing, humble, helpful people that are like, yeah, you're not wasting your time. This is good. Uh, try doing this, try doing that. Go study with this acting coach. Uh, go talk to this person, you know, and that's what I try to do on a daily basis here in Nashville. So um, I think that's our that's really ultimately on our purpose in life for all of us, no matter what we do is to is to help other people and make a difference. So I make a difference through music and then we can all make a difference in all of our actions, whether it be, you know, an older lady that's coming into Starbucks and you want to hold the door for her or, you know, somebody short on cash in the grocery line and, you you know, you hook them up. All those little things are great ways to keep the universe spinning in a really positive direction. I, you know, for me, that's, that's the same way I kind of look at things too, you know, like the, the fact that I've been able to, you know, talk to people, um, you know, like you who, I mean, 
it's it's I always tell people that, you know, you stay focused and you always are grateful for every opportunity that you have, it, it does pay off. And and I mean for you, if they if someone turns you down, I personally will go and be like, Are you crazy? <laughs> It's fun. Yeah, this is a, this game of life is a fun thing. And, you know, as long as you keep moving forward in life and you're doing everything for the right reason and you stay grateful and you work hard, man, you can do no wrong, really. That's very true. And you know, I was also curious, too, uh, because when I was on your official website, I saw that you offer lessons through Skype. Like, how does that work? I know you have different, you know, you have your big drum setup, you know, you have your, like, you know, mega stage type setup. So how, like, let's say if I wanted a lesson, like, how would that format go? Yeah. Well, it's, um, you know, everybody in this crazy new world, we have our iPhones and our iPads and our, and our computers, and they've got these nice little microphones in them that have got great compression on them. So, um, you know, literally, I'll just set up a my MacBook in front of a set of drums and I can, I can start teaching somebody on the other side of the world. Um, if somebody wants me to actually teach them and actually be set up in front of a set of drums, it gets a little problematic because I have to say, well, the next time I'm going to be home is like September 22nd. And, you know, or I could say, I'll catch you tomorrow from my dressing room in Indianapolis. I won't have a set of drums, but I immediately can go into coach mode. So somebody is playing and I could say, Try this. Try that. Oh, you're slowing down. You're speeding up. Oh, the right hand is too, too heavy. You know, pull that back. So I can, I can be like a drum coach to coach them and make them a better musician immediately. But to tell you the truth, a lot of things that I end up doing are, are more of like life coaching and career counseling. So say somebody's 18, between 18 and 24, and they're already a semi-professional musician and they're looking to make the next step and maybe move to a New York or an LA or a Nashville. And I'll immediately kind of like find out what their game plan is, you know, have they saved money? Um, do they know anybody in that new environment? I'll assess their skill sets. We look at their goals and um, just kind of look at the big picture to give them the greatest chance for success possible for whatever they want to do. So, um, so it's fun. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure it is. I, I was, uh, you know, asking myself that too. I'm like, I wonder if these digital drums or the, you know, like how, like how does that work? And then you also have your your books and your DVD too, called Myron Drummer Presents Fundamentals of Drumming for Kids. So, what was the inspiration um, in regards to that? Because you know, kids they want to bang on everything. So how do you? Yeah. Uh, well, I've got a dear friend. I've got a dear friend named Michael Aubrecht. He's a he's a filmmaker and a historian and a drummer himself, and he lives in the in the D.C. area. And he reached out to me and um, said, "Hey, I want to teach my kids how to play the drums and pass on this legacy." And I'm just noticing there isn't a lot of good material out there for younger kids, especially like starting at age five, because his son was really young. And I said, "You know what? You're right." So we kind of looked at the what's out there in the world, and we said. Let's beat this. Let's write the best book possible on the subject. So we came up with Fundamentals of Drumming for Kids Ages 5 to 10. And it's um, it starts kids, um, you know, learning about the history of rhythm and the world's greatest and most famous drummers. And it gets them counting rhythm and it gets them reading music. And it comes with a one-hour DVD where you could pop that thing into your computer and I'm your personal coach. 
And so hopefully by the end of the book, you know, we have very young kids that are playing beats that they hear on the radio. They've learned how to count rhythm. They've learned how to read music. We've opened up the door to this this Pandora's box of rhythm, you know, and uh, it's a super fun thing. It's been it's been um, it's been positively reviewed and it's a best selling book on Amazon. So uh, we're very happy. Yeah, absolutely. Because, I mean, for me, I'm like, well, where, like, where do you start, like, to learn, like, from, oh, let's say the basics in regards to that. And do you start with reading, or do you start playing, or do you do a little bit of both? I like doing it both. You know, if if I'm going to teach someone how to play a beat, I like to to let them know actually what it looks like on a piece of paper written out in classical, you know, music notation, because the ability to read music has helped me so much over the years since I was a young man, it's helped me get jobs and keep jobs. And, um, you know, there was a time when I was coming up that I was in one year, I was in 27 bands at the same time. And people loved having me in the bands because I could scribble out, you know, um, in notation what their music was all about. And even if I hadn't played with them in six months, I could go and I could read the music perfectly and make it sound like I was a full-time member of the band. And so that's a, I think it's a really um, important skill, even to a hobbyist. Um, yeah, I, I would say so, just, too, is, is to be able to balance that out. That's great. Um, so, yeah, the best thing you could possibly do is get a teacher and work through the book with a teacher. But at the very least, if you buy the book, you pop the DVD in and you could rewind a million times. Yeah, I'll, I'll probably do that. I'll probably, you know, well, I don't know. My mom will kill me. And put it right next to, you know. Uh, to her bed, and I, I must say too, besides the drumming, I do enjoy your fashion. I think your fashion sense is is great. And you said your age, and I was like, I don't believe it. You look way, way younger than your age. Oh yeah, so I appreciate it. Yeah, I'm a, I'm in definitely past my midlife. Um, I would just recommend everybody, you know, drink tons of water and get your exercise and take really, really good vitamins. And just be happy. If you're pursuing what you want to pursue in life and you're surrounding yourself with what I call birds of a feather, you know, people that have a common interest, a common bond, these are things that are scientifically proven to keep you younger and happier and healthier. You know, that's how I wonder. I was like, he's got to be. No. (laughs) What? Well, I. Because yeah, I figured, I was like, how does he stay so youthful? Because, I mean, every time I see a line on my face, I, I just got to I want to go to the plastic surgeon right away. <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> yeah, I know. I've, I've seen the the, the results have, have not always, uh, you know, been the greatest. So I'm curious to know what are some of your future plans and also, what is what is, I think to me, what what is something that you really really want to do, but you never really had the opportunity to do? Oh, it's a really great question. You know, I think we all have like little career fantasies. Even if the the one thing that we've worked on our entire life does happen, it comes to fruition. Our dreams come true. We we end up you know working passionately and 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 our kind of our purpose in life. 
I did that. You know, I mean, the drums were everything to me, and I worked really hard at it, and I'm still having a blast doing this. Um, I appreciate every day. Personally, I've always been attracted to um, attra- attracted to Hollywood and and sitcoms. I would love to eventually some at some point land a sitcom, and I know it's kind of in the needle in, uh, in the haystack. But in the meantime, I'm you know working very hard. I'm taking a lot of acting classes. I have a coach in L.A. I have a coach in Nashville. I'm about to uh, do a voiceover uh, demo reel. So I'm just attracted to other parts of entertainment business. You know, I, I'm starting to do a lot more MC work where people are calling me to, you know, professionally host or MC their event. And um, I do a lot of motivational speaking for corporations like Cisco and Johnson and Johnson and you know tech companies and schools and colleges that's really fun because i feel like i have a positive message to share so i'm not really a person the arts kind of runs together so me playing drums recording drums leads to me to producing leads me to speaking and it leads me to acting and it all is kind of like full circle and i feel like all these activities feed and support the other so um yeah some people think i'm crazy for doing all these things but it's way better than putting all your eggs in one basket because we're living in a very strange time where technology is changing things so quickly on a daily if not hourly basis that i don't even know if the music business is going to be around in 10 years as we know it so um i think it's smart to um to do other things that are creative Absolutely. I mean, that's the same thing, you know, that people, you know, they'll often, you know, say that too, is that you have to be, you know, very versatile. And, and I mean, I can see you having a, a sitcom. Like, I can see you being that, like, super cool, like, you know, sitcom. I, I could totally see that. Well, the world needs a new Joey. So um, <laughs> we'll just keep... We'll just keep working on that. Um, actually, I took I took a lesson last night here in Nashville, and my acting coach is like, he goes, yeah, you did a great job on all this drama stuff. Voiceover sounds great. He goes, I think you're gonna do comedy, <laughs> and I said, great. So I'm just gonna, you know, like like anything, you just you roll up your sleeve and you you dig in and you do the work and you learn what you need to learn. So you can break the rules, so you can work in that whatever that skill set is, and then whatever that mindset is, and you learn the rules so you can break the rules, and so you can get jobs. So I, I'm approaching that skill set just like everything else I've worked on in my life. You, you just put the time in. Absolutely. And what advice would you give to you know anybody who wants to to have your level of success? Because I mean, success now. I'm sure it's not the same, you know, when you when you first started. Yeah, well, I mean, when it was when I was eight years old, it was just a dream to play the drums on the big stage and try to be like Peter Chris with the band Kiss, you know, and and uh, um, you know, yeah. Now, you know, I'm 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 older and I got to pay my bills and there's other thoughts and concerns. Very fortunate to play the drums every day and get to pay my bills playing the drums. That's awesome. Um, but I would just, you know, you know, you can always use the crash philosophy of success. Crash is a little kind of mantra that I use to live in my daily life. Um, 
you know, you can go to crashcourseforsuccess.com where I kind of outline it, but CRASH is an acronym and it stands for commitment, relationships, attitude, skill, and hunger. So you obviously have to be massively committed to anything that you really want to do in life and put the time in. You have to honor and cultivate positive relationships in your life because even if I was the greatest drummer in the world, which I'm not in my just hanging out in my basement, it doesn't mean a damn thing unless I go and I play other people that are going to champion me, that want to spend time with me, that want to hire me to play the drums. Um, attitude, incredibly important. I almost feel like attitude is probably 99.5% of life because we all want to be around people that have a positive giving attitude, people that can take direction, people that are flexible and open-minded. Skill, we have to develop we have to develop all the skill sets we need in our life to be successful at our chosen career. And then we have to stay hungry. When you're a young man or woman, you, you, you are hungry for success, so you work on things. And then you have to stay hungry. You get older, you don't want to get stale. You don't want to get left behind. You kind of have to keep up with the Joneses, learn new things, roll with the punches. So, you know, be committed, honor relationships, have a positive attitude, develop your skill sets, and stay Stay hungry for success no matter where you are in your life. So whether you want to be a doctor or a lawyer or a homemaker or an inventor or an author, anything, um, you can use the crash concept for success. Absolutely. Rich, like I, I've said, you know, time and time again, uh, when I was even looking at your work these last couple of days, I, I said to myself that, you know, he is that living proof that you – can keep going, you keep pursuing, and the right things will happen for you. And I think it's happened for you not only because you deserve it, um, but you have paid your dues for it. And I think that's the reason why people, you know, respect you. That's the reason why people admire you. Um, and for me personally, I, I definitely um, will have you on again. Um, because to, to me, I just love talking to people who, you know, they, they understand where they come from, but they don't change because they understand where they come from. And, and you represent that. Oh, you're very sweet. I would love, I appreciate it. I'll be on the show anytime. Hey, here's a question Yay. for you. Now I interview you. Um, so where did the metal come from? Do you usually talk about heavy metal on the show? Yeah, um, that's pretty much where uh, the name came from was because, like, my friends, you know, growing up, uh, they always were like, oh, you know, you're a metalhead and you're a big lady. Why don't you put the two together? And uh, I was like, yeah, you know, that Kirby Melonhead show. Yeah, that sounds that sounds. I, I love good. it. I love it. So who's – what's your top – what, what's your, like, favorite metal act? My – oh, man. Oh, my gosh. I'm waiting for the hate comments to come. Um, my favorite one, I would have to say, I am a huge fan of Ozzy Osbourne. Okay, like, like so Bark at the Black Moon. Black Sabbath. Second. Yeah. yeah, like Black Sabbath, you know. Um, I would say, you know, Blues, too, like Led Zeppelin. And I do a lot of, like, women in rock, too. So I like, like, uh, Kitty and, um, like, Opeth. Like, all different, I like Oceans of Slumber, too, you know, and, like, bands overseas, too, like, UK, like, Naganazi, like, stuff like that. You know, Judas Priest, of course. Uh, but that, yeah. that's really, that was really my, my foundation. So it was, like, I was, my house, I was, like, 
you know, Shaka Khan and, and Blondie one day, and then I put on some, you know, Judith and Ozzy and... That's uh, awesome. I, saw, yeah. I just saw Blondie at, at the Greek Theater in L.A. two weeks ago. Oh. They were great. I mean, Deborah Harry is like 70 years old, and she's, um, yeah. you know, still up there strutting her stuff and, and is still sexy. Yeah, I love sexy. Deborah Harry. She, now, here's she, some trivia for you. Oh. Our 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 um engineer that engineers all the um Al Jason Aldean records. Um, yeah. He engineered all the Blondie records. No way! That's so cool. Yeah. Peter Coleman, great guy. Yeah. Peter My Coleman. favorite metal act, Ronnie James Dio. Absolutely. How can I forget him? He's fantastic. I miss him a lot. I do. I miss him too. It was just like. He had yeah. such a signature voice. He committed to everything he sang about, and he sang about Dungeons and Dragons, man. Like I was a Dungeons and Dragons <laughs> like nerd, man. And here's a guy singing about it: rainbows in the dark, and 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 demons, and mo- it's just it, it's just fun. I mean, I I don't think he bought into any of that stuff. It just makes for great lyrics, and yeah, you know, get to wear leather every night. It's fun. It was just fun, you know. Yeah, I just he was a just like you, very nice guy. Like he always like at the end of the show, you know, he, who knows? He's done like an hour forty set. He would get off stage, and people would be waiting there, and he would make sure he would talk to every single person before he left. That's amazing, and that's why he had a career yeah. as long as he had. Absolutely, and that that's something to me that like that's why I even you know, started my show in the first place was I felt like people have, you know, forgotten some of the, the basic foundations of, so when people look at entertainment, you know, and they look, they see you guys on TV, they think that you guys have this like 24-7, you know, glamorous life, but they don't understand that, you know, you have to have some type of, you know, production skill, you know, like you said, you have to have some type of, of You know all of you know all of those things. So yeah, to me, to me personally, that's why I like talking about. It. Everybody you know can talk about what's hot, what's popular, and all of that, but nobody really is taking the time to be like, okay, so how did this person get from A to B, and then what were some of the techniques and and the things that are keeping them, you know, current now. And I think that's that that's the most important thing to me is I rather share stories with, you know, people like you, you know, who really value what they do instead of talking to somebody who, you know, they're fixated on the glam and they wanna, you know, you know, be a millionaire and those types of things. But there's a lot of sacrifice, like you mentioned earlier, that is involved oh, yeah. Yeah. to do what you do. I'm I'm sure, you know, uh, you've had to give up a lot to you know, have this amazing journey that I, you will continue to have because you're a good person. But, well, you're very, very, very sweet. It's my honor to talk to you. Yeah, you know, I, um, you have to work really hard, and there's definitely sacrifices, and, and anything in the arts, there's just no for sure thing. If you want right. a 401k and retirement and a steady paycheck, then the arts are not for you, for sure. Um you know, you gotta, you know, I would, I would, uh, when I first moved to Nashville, I would substitute teach all day long 
and then I would go play the clubs all night until three in the morning. I get home at four and at seven o'clock, I'd have to be back teaching the kids and, or I waited tables and I parked, parked cars. And, you know, these are things you do. People that are trying to break bands, they jump in and they jump in a, a van and they share hotel room and, and they, they eat power bars and they just, they, they suck it up to, to bring their dream to life. And, uh, it just kind of, just kind of what it takes and you just have to be willing to do that absolutely i mean that's what Def leopard did also one of my favorite bands too um they they did the same thing they shared that bus and and that's how you know pyromania became the the hit it is you know today yeah if you're if you're in a bus right away you're doing good because there's a lot of bands they start with bands <laughs> and then the van True. and trailer and then you make your way to the bus and then you go to a bus and a trailer. Then you go to two buses and two trailers. And then before long, you've got a bunch of buses, a bunch of semis, and it's just, <laughs> it just kind of takes off. But it doesn't happen overnight. Um, you know, I mean, the band I'm playing in now, we have known each other since 1999, and we've been on the road nonstop since March of 2005. Wow. So, yeah. It's a, That's it's, crazy. It's a long journey. That is crazy. But it's, great it's a great great thing so yeah next time i come back to the show we'll just do we'll do you tell me your five favorite um metal tracks and i'll tell you my, my five favorite metal tracks and we'll guess dj you know what that would be the best show ever <laughs> that, <laughs> did that you, did you see that movie um, um um anvil the story of anvil no i have not Oh, you've got to see it because there's this band, there's a Canadian band called Anvil, and they were actually very, um, Def Leppard loved them, Motley Crue loved them, Guns N' Roses loved them, but they never broke out and had the success they deserved. So it was just really amazing, award-winning documentary that came out like three years ago, maybe four years ago. Hmm. And just, it just, it's called Anvil, the story of Anvil. And it you will laugh, you will cry, you will enjoy yourself. It's a fantastic documentary. I will have to check that out because like right now I'm I'm watching the I think it's called the History of Metal Volume One, and um, it goes over because I I felt for me I was like I need to educate myself more on like what is metal, where it came from, you know the influences. Uh, so it's like a two part. Like it starts with like you know from black. Sabbath and Led Zeppelin. Oh, I love that. Yeah, they show like it. They show it top on like, yeah, they, they. I think it's like seven parts yeah. actually. It's like a yeah, it's, it's a like long yeah, document. it's like seven. Yeah, it's like super, super, super long. But yeah, I definitely will have to have you back. How can people keep in touch with you? Because I know I'm super buddy now. <laughs> oh man, I'm super easy to find. Um, I'm just Rich Redmond, R-E-D-M-O-N-D, and I'm on Facebook, I'm on Twitter, and I'm Instagram, all as Rich Redmond, and you could go to richredmond, R-E-D-M-O-N-D dot com, it gives you more information than you'd ever want to know about me, and then if, you, if you're if you into um, my motivational concepts, and you want to host me for an event at your school, or your community gathering, or your corporate gathering, it's just crashcourseforsuccess.com. Absolutely. You are the best. Like, I, no, oh man, you're just so, like, what everyone said about you, I, I agree with it because I have never met somebody who is just so grounded. Like, I can sit down and 
to you forever because you're just so intellectual and you have personalities that I know that, you know, I would be able to to really, you know, understand. And, and I would love to just hear some of the stories you had. Like, I'm sure Beyond the Road has to be absolutely insane. It's good. You know, some days it's like Groundhog Day, you know, where it's just like as you see, um, you know, you're not you're not necessarily seeing the world. You're seeing a tour bus. You're seeing a loading dock. You're seeing um, an arena or a stadium. And a lot of them look alike. So, you know, you get up and you have your coffee and you do your stretches and maybe I'd run the steps of the arena. And then I make my phone calls and we do a, we do a sound check and then people start coming in and it could be very, you know, you can go, wow, this again, but that again is amazing just to have made that happen. So uh, we did, we have a blast and I'm out there with my best friends in the world that I've known forever and ever and ever. So we look at each other on stage and we're like, damn, we did this. This is awesome. <laughs> we have fun. You know, it's, it's really, really, it's a really great thing. Um, but where are you based? Where do you live? For me, I am from um, Wisconsin. Oh, you're in Wisconsin. Okay. All right. We'll yeah, just I'm keep an eye on our tour dates there, and we'll go to get some Starbucks. Oh, that would be fantastic. I, I would have a blast. I, I, I feel very honored. It would be awesome. Well, congratulations on your show, and I'll, I'll come on anytime. Yay! Thank you so much, Rich. I appreciate it. My pleasure. All right. Have a great weekend. Hey, everybody, thanks for listening. Keep checking out the Kirby Metal Show. Yay, thank you. <laughs> Take care. Have a great weekend. Thanks again. Yes, you as well. Bye-bye. Okay, bye. Bye. Bye-bye. And, of course, you heard from the amazing, absolutely amazing, Rich Redmond. Rich Redmond com if you want to learn more about him and also make sure you get a copy of his book the modern drummer presents fundamentals of drumming for kids so it's just called fundamentals drumming for kids also includes the amazing dvd and if you really want to learn how to be amazing drummer Rich is the guy for you. Not only is he patient, he's very humbled. Like I said, this entire um, interview with him, he is great. And, and I'm always blessed to be able to talk to people like him. So let's get back to amazing music, guys, because I, oh, my gosh, I was so excited to get some of this new music for you. And the next song I'm going to play for you is this, this song is what my friend would say, cracking the lacking. Here is Silent Toe with, well, watch me nip, now watch me nene, now watch me whip, whip. Okay, I know you don't want me to hear it, so let's have him do it. <laughs> Now watch me whip, whip, watch me nae nae Now watch me whip, whip, watch me nae nae Now you 
I'm flexing. You know I can never choose. Gold necklace, bury me supply the juice. Give me weed for the OZ, OE. I've been grinding all yeah. I'ma need a whole week. Yeah, I'ma need a whole week. Yeah, I'ma need a whole week. Psychedelics, pun intended. Must have thought that I was tripping. This is for the souls who be living carefree They told me nobody's perfect, yet we died trying To fill the void with convo, only making aqua silence But I'ma close my eyelids, mental sketching out an island Cause everything's a breeze when you in the window seat Still remember long discussions about how it all would be Now we open all these doors and ain't ever touch a key Had to move on like I couldn't afford a lease New girl say she love me cause she can't afford to leave Asking me for cafe, I'm asking how'd you get here Blame it on the medicine, we got a whole zip it Didn't learn my lesson since they charged me with possession Ain't no need to call a reverend cause some blessings still sent here Sometimes I fly and think of life at night Russian roulette, one shot, gotta live it right Detaching from them parasites, I'm living with the peace of mind Fiending life stories, let me sing you mine Mine. Girl, I'm flexing. You know I can never choose. Gold necklace, bury me supply the juice. Give me weed for the OZ, OE. I've been grinding all yeah. I'ma need a whole week. Yeah, I'ma need a whole week. Yeah, I'ma need a whole week. Psychedelics, pun intended. Must have thought that I was tripping. This is for the souls who be living carefree. Always been a fan of actions. Not a fan of practice, but I'm trying to reach perfection. So my ass got off that mattress. Nothing more appealing than applying satisfaction to the fans that listen in to all my words that I imagined on a bad day. Bumping jazz like cafe. On a good day, it's three stacks for that champagne. Andre, sipping on a budget. If it's bubbly, then I'm buzzing. Got producers buying flow. I'ma soil their production. Not into the beat of my own percussion. Learning nothing. But quick to tax fools, I'm trying to earn me something Giving girls a high like they trying to burn or something Man, these girls get so disgusting when my music gets to thumping I never shed a tear, but I'm running through these onions Hippie Paul Bunyan turned his passion into money Man, these posers look like dummies, they don't see a dog that's hungry I'm loyal to my partner, so my whole team's stunting, yeah Girl, I'm flexing, you know I can never choose Gold necklace, bury me supply the juice Give me weed for the OZ, OE I've been grinding all yeah. I'ma need a whole week Yeah, I'ma need a whole week Yeah, I'ma need a whole week Psychedelics, pun intended, must have thought that I was tripping This is for the souls who be living carefree Girl, I'm flexing, you know I can never choose Gold necklace, bury me supply the juice Give me weed for the OZ, OE I've been grinding all yeah. I'ma need a whole week Yeah, I'ma need a whole week Yeah, I'ma need a whole week Psychedelics, pun intended Must have thought that I was tripping This is for the souls who be living carefree All right, that was my homeboy, Tell With vacation whole week, he be flexing Oh, these young brothers out here I swear I do declare they're all flexing. So <laughs> the only thing I like to see flexing is muscles, but that's just me. <laughs> no, JK, JK. Of course, it's me, Quita, a.k.a. Blazing Quita. Welcome back to the Kirby Melhead Show. Wasn't that a blast to have Rich on? Oh, he is such, such, he's fantastic. So let's get into this alternative beat down, shall we? Because there's been a lot going on, not only in the world of metal, 
But there also has been a lot going on in regards to BAM. And I have been, man, I think ever since I was in high school, um, back like way, well, that was like way back in the day. So I'm pretty much prehistoric. But <laughs> uh, well, all jokes aside, when I was in high school, I was a huge fan of vampire movies. To this day, I still am. In my office, actually, in my studio, I have all of the Anne Rice uh, vampire novels because Anne Rice, for me, was like, just like how in anime culture, people have like their gateway animes in vampire movie culture and vamp culture in general, uh, my gateway was Anne Rice. So I remember in high school, the first book I read was Interview with the Vampire. And this really perplexed me because I was like, who would want to interview a vampire? I mean, I personally wouldn't. I mean, a vamp- it depends on what kind of vampire. If it's like the sexy vampire like Stefan in um, Vampire Diaries, okay, then, yeah, me and him are having some coffee. Oh, huh? But <laughs> if it's like Nosferatu, I think I'm going to put on my Nikes and book it, you know. I'll, I'll be checking on some deuces if I ever saw Nosferatu. That's that's definitely for sure. So I was on IMDb. So if you have not had the chance, IMDb has the same movie list. So I just wanted to kind of highlight some of my favorite vampire movies from this deep list of vampire movies. If you have not had the chance to see Dracula, I know there are so many versions, but personally my favorite are the 1931 version, which which features Bella Lugosi. I mean, he really started Dracula right there. I mean, his urethral look and his the, the just the Carpathian accent is so thick, very smexy. So you will definitely love that film. So check out the third 1931 version. There was also a musical done, and the theatrical plays of, of Dracula as well has been really awesome. Another version, too, you should check out, is the 1970 version of Dracula, which has the very sexy, debonair, ancient Dracula played by Franklin Jella. He does he does such a great job. Like you wouldn't really even think of him as a vampire. You would just think of him as just just the ultimate seductor. And it's just really well done. It's shot very well. Now it's not going to be your more modernized versions of Dracula because. I believe it was last year they came out with the Dracula TV series, which was on NBC, but that didn't really do so well because I think right now there's kind of like a weird paradigm shift that's going on in vampire culture. People don't necessarily want to see the classic versions of Dracula, but then people don't want to see too modern. So it's kind of like it's kind of like True Blood. That's why True Blood did well because it's kind of like this hybrid between the old traditions of the vampire kind of reborn into new. Another thing, too, um, in regards to movies, too, that's on this list, have a chance to watch Dracula, The Prince of Darkness. I have always been a fan, too, of the Hammer films. Hammer was a just a tremendous studio that really kind of propelled the careers of people like Ingrid Pritz as well as Christopher Lee. So if you ever want, and some of, the funny thing is many people wonder why Christopher Lee never said anything in most of those movies was because the lines, he felt that the lines were kind of cheesy. So in a way, he's like, I'm not going to say that. But you got to have to remember it was around the 60s. 
not to say there was not any sophisticated films coming out, but some of the writing in some horror movies were a little a little cheesy. But I've always been a fan of Ingrid Pritt. She ultimates the dust She is just fantastic. So if you have a chance to look at this list, once again, it goes from the beginning, which which is 1915, up till I would say around like 2013. It's called a deep, triple E deep list of vampire movies. So let's quickly transition vampires in television. Now, for me, I've always been a 90s baby in a way when it comes to my vampire culture. I am a huge fan of Kindred, The Embrace, which is based off of a vampire masquerade RPG. Um, Another show I highly recommend as well is Buffy the Vampire Slayer. That really propelled the careers of Charisma Carpenter, who's one of my favorite actors in the whole wide world. Uh, she recently had a movie which was kind of similar to Fifty Shades of Grey. I forgot the name of it, but it was really steamy. So I was like, okay, I have to check this out. And I know many of you are going to be like, oh, my God, Felicia, you're such a freak. Maybe I am. No, JK. <laughs> but I really enjoyed Buffy the Vampire Slayer, too. I love the original 80s movie, too. But the 90s movie, or pardon me, the 90s TV series um, really kind of wove in making vampires sexy and cool and fresh again. Another series, too, that people don't really give props for is Forever Night. Forever Night definitely has a very cult fan base, including myself. It's just really well done, and it's interesting to see Nick, of course, Nick Knight, uh, playing a vampire who fights mystery, solves crimes. And I've always enjoyed those type of vampire series. Another one that's similar to that, too, is Blood Ties. And that was funny that Blood Ties was on Lifetime, but that Henry, he's a looker for sure. And I, and not only that, I, I just enjoyed the just the way the show was done. I, I really hope that they do make a movie someday of Blood Ties. So it, it was really well, it, it really put together. Um, I have the first, the one that was really amazing too on HBO, Blood, or True Blood, pardon me. That was also great. Um, seeing Stephen Moyer playing Bill, vampire, he's just, you know, <laughs> just in like casual clothing. And, oh, I love it. It was fantastic. Uh, It's a really good show, five seasons. I'm on season two right now. But it really kind of plays around in that world, similar to kind of like Anne Rice vampires in a way. You're dealing with the classic traditions versus the modernism. And it was one of the most top uh, cosplays, actually, during the Halloween season as well. A lot of people were in the true blood in the last, couple of years. Vampire Diaries, I haven't checked out yet. I am not really into the YA type stuff uh, because it's kind of cheesy a little bit. You know, the young adult TV shows, if I'm going to watch those, I would say the ones from Canada have been really good, like Vampire High, for example. Uh, Another film that was really hilarious too that I want to take a look at is called Vamp You, which is a kid who, um, of course, you know, dealing, well, no, it's a professional it's a professor who's impotent, and he wants to kill the girl that he bit. <laughs> and, and then what ends up happening, in a way, sorry, spoiler alert, uh, she bites everybody in her sorority, and there's all these, like, sorority vampires. So that's always a blast. So I would say, you know, in regards to how I feel about the contemporary culture of vampires, I think it's pretty corny now. 
I prefer the vamp culture from like the 60s, 70s. I would say like the 60s to the 90s was really the, the pinnacle um, to me of what has been decent vampire movies. I also have checked out some really old movies too um, from France, like Les Vampires and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I, I really enjoy vamp culture. Let me know. Uh, definitely, you can send me a tweet on Twitter at Curvy Metal as well as curvymetal at gmail.com. Let me know what are some of your favorite vampire TV shows. Um, and I just have always been, I'm just a geek, period. That's the bottom line. I am a geek. Like, I love Star Trek and Xena Warrior Princess. I got to finish that because Xena really, like, I, when I was going through a period of time in my life where I was having just such horrible bouts of low self-esteem, I really, really love watching Xena because Xena is just such a strong female uh, protagonist. And, and I just love her. Just just her relationship with Gabrielle is, is really cool. Um, their friendship, you know, and, and relationship was very, very kind of highly unusual, um, which shows the sign of the time. Because, I mean, 90s, tele- if you look at television in the 90s versus now, we really are kind of reverting back to this strange level of conservatism. Um, and that's kind of sad to me because, you know, we live in a time where people always want to complain about, you know, they want to be liberated and they want to talk about subjects that have never been talked about. But yet we are shunning, you know, our youth audiences from educating themselves about content that they need to know about. They should know about environmental issues. They should know about, you know, things around, you know, what happens when you are not responsible with contraceptives and things like that. I feel that the parents, as long as the parents step in or good guardians to these kids, they need to know. We have to stop shunning children um, from things because then what ends up happening is that the kids that are so protected, they don't get to learn and become a decent person in our society. But that is just me. So let's get into the realm of beauty for a second. I just I love this site. It's called TotalBeauty.com, and it features expert advice. And I wouldn't say unbiased reviews because every review has some type of bias in it. So here are 10 superstar products to get rid of acne. Because I have been dealing with acne, oh, my gosh, this summer in Wisconsin has just been horrendous. But the first treatment... And once again, make sure you consult with a medical professional as a disclaimer before trying any of these products because what works for you and what works for TotalBeauty.com may not, you know, work for you. So the first treatment you should try is benzoyl peroxide. So benzoyl peroxide is pretty much a staple in most um, acne-based products. What it does is it works by reducing the amount of pimple-causing bacteria and removing oil. So that's a side effect to me personally. Um, I am hashtag team oily. So using benzoyl peroxide can dry out your skin. So I would re- highly recommend after using benzoyl peroxide to moisturize your skin. And if you are going outside, make sure you get a moisturizer and some sunscreen combo to protect your skin because definitely when you're using acne-based products, it can cause, you know, sun. Some products can, if you're not careful, you can get sun damage because of the dryness, so you want to make sure you do that. Another key ingredient is salicylic acid. 
So salinic acid is known as beta-hydroxy acid, which is BHA, and this is definitely a product that it does open clogged pores, helps with neutralizing bacteria um, within, and helps to constrict the pore diameter, which keeps those pores from closing again. Now, here's the problem with BHA. Once again, this is a product that causes the skin, depending on the person now, everything I'm saying is depending on the person, can cause skin sensitivity problems. And skin, when you're having skin sensitivity, especially when you're going outside, you're at risk, once again, for damaging your skin. So if you are using any product with benzoyl peroxide or salaic acid, please make sure you moisturize your skin every day and make sure day in and day out that you use a good sunscreen, and I'm talking something with SPF 30 and higher, is really going to give you the best results. This is just coming from my experience once again. And finally, one more to share with you is a lot of people have been using coconut oil. So I use coconut oil for a makeup remover. It is the best makeup remover. It gets things right off. And for rock stars like us, who wear tons of makeup to emulate Ozzy and Alice Cooper and all of our fine rockin' friends out there in the wonderful world of music, it can irritate your skin. So coconut oil not only provides, um, it's a plant-based oil, so it helps with soothing, hydrating, and giving you calming benefits to acne-prone skin. And some have found it also to be antibacterial. So the key is to make sure that you're using oils which are non inclusive which means that they do not clog the pores, the pores, pardon me, and are non-greasy. So you want to avoid acne-based products that are like petroleum, for example, and mineral oils. So using stuff like coconut oil that's organic and natural is the way to go. And also, here are some nine tips, too, that, and I'm not going to share all these tips that are for making bigger, plump lips. But let's be honest here. Everyone wants highly generous lips. Luckily for me, I have been blessed with the juiciest lips of the God. So, <laughs> but I really, really like having full lips. So here are just a couple of tips here that I would like to share. First, you want to make sure you use a cinnamon scrub. You can use cinnamon, or in my case, what I recommend is elf um, lip exfoliator. It is, it's inexpensive. I believe it's like $3 around that price. And what I do is I break it off of the, uh, I break off a little bit of the product and I wet my lips first with some warm water to soften my lips. I know this is sounding orgasmic, right? And then what I do is I just slowly go counterclockwise and exfoliate my lips twice. And then I use a uh, circular tissue or a circular cotton swab and just lightly rub it off. So you want to use a cotton swab and, um, or a cotton pad, pardon me, and wipe that off and you have nice succulent, just your lips will look great. Because you definitely, especially you're applying things like lip gloss and lip liner, the worst thing you can have is crusty lips. I won't want to kiss you if you have crusty lips. Now, this tip, I don't really say necessarily. It depends on your lip shape. A lot of people have said to use lighter lipsticks. I tend to use darker lipsticks, but I like how it makes my lips pout. It doesn't make my lips smaller, according to this article from TotalBeauty.com. 
Um, but you can also use gloss, too. If you use gloss, just a little bit of gloss over your um, lips, whether it's natural or with lip liner or lipstick before, it can make your lips look more illuminated, of course, but it gives your lips that juicier feel. That's definitely what I see Kylie Jenner do as well. Now, if you have flat lips, which kind of sucks, you can use lip liner, and I actually use lip liner, and that's how I get those kind of drag clean full lips, is I just slightly overdraw my lips a little bit over the cupid's bow area as well and just line them around and slowly blend it out and it does make my lips look a lot powier than they usually do so yeah if you have any tips for lips you know please definitely send them to me and i will share them in the next episode let's briefly go over the world of rock and metal shall we Coming from Blabbermouth, all three stories here. You know I love the Blabbermouth. Lori Taylor says, music business can't catch up with te- with technology. Slipknot and Stone Sour singer Corey Taylor believes that the record labels are continuing to lose the digital music battle or piracy war because they can't catch up with technology. So the article mentions that digital music sales are continuing to fall as music business inches closer to an access over ownership model. So there's been a 9% decrease in digital album sales, okay, while singles, the songs, have dropped by 12%. And this is according to Nelson Soundskin. However, there was a 54% growth increase of on-demand streams of audio and video music-related content. So see, here's the thing people are not understanding. It is the millennial generation, this whole digital stream and um, music-type content. Because the reason why is, honestly, CDs, as much as people used to buy them, especially in the 90s and early 2000s, the youth, I've noticed this, the kids, they rather buy a single of a song that they like than to buy a whole album. And they will listen to those singles in repetition. The only people who really buy albums and stuff like, <laughs> I know, Mason sound ancient, right, vinyls, are going to be people who are very loyal to the fans that they supremely like. So these are going to be the, the metalheads that go to every single show that Cradle Silk does. So they're going to buy the super fans. They're going to buy their CDs. They're going to you know, buy their overall merchandise like T-shirts and everything to degree. But the key that these artists have to do is they have to adapt to the technology. And this is what Rich was talking about earlier, is that the only way you can really keep yourself current is to release digital CDs. And once in a while, release a free download. That only, and, and to me personally, that also contributes not only to the DJs too, you know, sending your single to as many DJ outlets you know, whether it's online, whether it's through your, you know, regular radio as you possibly can, because that's going to give you more exposure. What I think sometimes goes on, too, is there's this battle between tradition and the new technology. So during a appearance on a recent edition of That Metal Show, okay, the co-host Eddie Trunk's podcast, the Eddie Trunk podcast, Taylor spoke about kids' preference for having access to items rather than owning them. And this is what he said. I thought it was interesting. People have been doing for a while on YouTube. Like, they would pull up YouTube on their phone and just listen to it there. 
because everyone puts the official video up there or there's a lyric video, so you don't need to necessarily watch the video to hear it. So for me, it's an interesting dichotomy because on one hand, you've got people who are singing, but then they use that to decide whether or not they want to buy the album opposed to illegal downloads. But then there's the other side where people are kind of using it basically as satellite radio where it's like, I'm just going to listen to this, but people still have to pay a subscription to it. So the economy is still doing kind of decently from a musical standpoint, but I think, once again, is keeping up with the technology. If more metal bands, once in a while, release a free download, you know, send it out to, you know, send it out to the DJs, you know, and DJs, if it's a radio DJ or online DJs, we're all DJs, and we should all be treated as such. The more you expand your single, that's the more people will listen to it. Just saying. So I thought it was interesting that Corey Taylor brought that up. Another interesting story as well is from Megadeth. I love Megadeth, of course, the Godfathers, one of the Godfathers slash metal. We have David Elphinstone says that some record companies won't sign anybody past 16 years old. Sue Henry of WILK News Radio 103.1 FM, I know it's hard to read sometimes, right? Uh, conducted an interview with Megadeth bassist David Elfson. And this is what was interesting that he mentioned on giving advice to young rock musicians just starting out. Well, being young and getting into it is the best way. I know record companies now in Hollywood, they won't sign anybody past 16 years old. And obviously, we've seen this with boys bands, with boy bands and this kind of stuff and pop groups. But, you know, now it's even turning into that with rock groups. And you know what? Young people are the most intrigued with it. They're the ones that buy records. They're the ones that listen young music that's coming out. So what a better way to play it than new young people. So I say go for it. So he has an autobiography also, it's called My Life with Death, um, where he talked about his addiction during the early years of the band, how he went through his recovery as well. So definitely you want to pick that up. I know I'm going to definitely pick it up and read it. Because it's always interesting to me, like how you know, people have addiction and they have the money to continue with addiction. It's very fascinating. So let's backtrack and go back into this idea of record labels. I will agree with David, man. I mean, seriously, it's atrocious that sometimes the youth culture runs everything. But at the same time, people need to understand market share. They need to understand demographic stuff. Whatever kind of music you do, there is an audience for it. And even with different age ranges, I know, for me, I know metalheads that are past their, you know, mid-30s, and there's an audience, you know, for metalheads or bands of older people going. But then there are bands, people that I know that are rockers and metalheads, and in all different types of subcultures are in that, you know, let's say 18 to 20 bracket, and there's a market for them. So the, the thing I really want record labels to know is that they should not dismiss their demographics because you can sign a band that's with a bunch of 30, you know, to 40, and there's still a market there. I think what it really boils down to is the stereotypical commercialism, okay? People, like, in a way, there's an assumption, let me backtrack, there's an assumption that people assume that, 
you know, youth culture is the only culture that's the right culture. So being young and being youthful is the dream that everybody wants to have. But what people don't understand is there's something called the aging process, and we will all go through it. We will all be born, and then we will all die. And there is an audience for, for everything. I mean, look at, look at Lana Del Rey, for example. Do you think Lana Del Rey would be relevant if there was not a 60s and 70s counterculture that occurred and now there's this kind of revival of vintage sound music coming out that people are really enjoying, that's where it comes from, is understanding, you know, those demographics. Then the other thing, too, that, that really kind of frustrates me sometimes is that people also assume that, you know, when you do different segments of, of marketing for demographics, that, you know, 18 to 20-year-olds want to listen to the extreme, you know, metal. And then the people 30 and up, they want to listen to stuff more toned down. And I think the key thing that record labels will need to do, too, is to switch into the net label route and start signing people from other parts of the world online. Net labels are really becoming popular because they're offering, you know, a couple free downloads. Free downloads really help sometimes the music industry because what it does is it helps people to give like a sample of your music and if they like your stuff they're going to contribute so if you're a good musician people will contribute if you have a nasty attitude and you're a good musician can you still have an audience unfortunately yes (laughs) but um, overall i think using the technology is going to help a lot of these older rockers out so we, maybe we need to have, like, an older rocker, like, school, <laughs> like a metalhead school, like uh, Jack Black and School of Rock. That would be that would be mega sweet. And finally, let's talk all about Alice Cooper and his Hollywood Vampire album, which is coming out in September. I can't believe this guy is still rocking. So this is coming from theguardian.com. Those of you eagerly anticipating results of a two-year musical collaboration between Alice Cooper, Johnny Depp, and Aerosmith, Joe Perry, need to wait no longer. Hollywood Vampires, named after Cooper's boozing social group of rock musicians from the 70s, have, a lot, have announced a self-titled album that's due for release on September 11th. So, yeah, he's going to have all these different cameos and stuff, so it'll be interesting because there's David Grohl from Foo Fighters, Slash, ACDC, Brian Johnson, and, of course, one of my favorite uh, singers, uh, Perry Farwell from Jane's Addiction. So it's going to be really interesting to see how this album comes along because, like, Johnny Depp, like, I, I never thought of him, you know, really being into this. But really good for Alice Cooper. Like I was saying before, if you really understand trends, it'll keep you trendy. And that is exactly what Alice Cooper is doing. So when that album comes out on September 11th, we will definitely, definitely be, I will definitely be listening to this. So let's do some food for thought. And then the rest of the time, we're going to be playing some music. It's going to be great. So let's get into this, shall we? So first off, I must say thanks to Rich Redman. Once again, Rich Redmond for coming on. Um, he was such a nice guy. And, you know, when I when we were talking, it, it just really, it made me think and kind of resonate about how life is so short. You know, once we're born, we get that first breath. We, we go through this journey of ups, downs, you know, 
relationships forming, divorce, all all these things. Well, we pray, you know, you don't want to have a divorce in your lifetime. Uh, but one thing I kind of realized is that when you are alive, you want to live alive. You want to be alive. You want your life to be active as possible. And that was something that I really have been thinking about these last two weeks because, I mean, my internet shut down. I wasn't, you know, I was contemplating about, you know, maybe this is a sign that I'm not meant to have to show. You know, a lot of things were just really running through my mind. And I was talking to my girl, too, on the Indie Authority, Lady Spitfire. Shout out to IndieAuthority.com, where not only my show, the other fabulosity shows are on as well. And I was talking to Lady Spitfire, and, you know, she was just giving me all these alternative options and you know, she just helped me. She's like, you know what, don't give up and, and just keep going. And, you know, there are times where we want to give up, and there are times where we're like, you know, screw it. I just don't want to deal with this anymore. And you go into a deep, dark place, and sometimes that's depression. You know, other times, you know, people get into drugs and alcohol, and there's all sorts of horrible, um, horrendous things that, you know, people use to calm themselves from bad moments. But, you know, what ended up happening, uh, well, this is, this man, it'll be like almost a year. Um, an aunt of mine, uh, shout out to my auntie Rebecca, rest in peace, um, really wonderful lady. Uh, she went away from cancer. And that was really a wake-up call for me, you know. And, and to me, I was like, wow, life is so short. Like, I could be in a bed dying from cancer, you know, or I could be hit by a car, you know, all these things, you know, you run through your mind, and now I live my life to the fullest. So that's the message today, my friend, is to live your life to the fullest. And Lady Spitfire, really, she lives her life to the fullest, and she doesn't allow people, you know, to bring her down or, you know, because I was talking to her about that, because I've had a lot of people, like, crap on me and tell me, you know, I'm not worth anything. And I, it was really, really getting to me because, hey, I'm human. You know, I'm not a robot. But now I, I really say, you know, I live my life to the fullest now because you never know when it's your time. And to me, I just want each and every one of you rockers, I don't care, you know, if you're a young kid or you're, you know, older in your 40s, whatever it may be, always wake up every day and be grateful for it. Because if you don't wake up, if you wake up every day and you're pissed off, you know, and everything's crappy, cut your lifespan. And that also makes your face really ugly and you'll need some Botox. Like, I, I probably need, like, 10 shots. <laughs> but thanks so much for listening, Rockers. All this support and love that I've been getting has just been, it's just been so wonderful. And I'm trying not to cry right now. But it's just. I, like, look, I was a girl, like I always say, I was a fat, ugly girl growing up in my school in Wisconsin. And there was, I just had a dream, just like Rich, you know, that one day I wanted to have my own radio show and people, you know, in pod, you know, radio podcast, you know, type of show, professional type of show. And I really wanted to do that. And I felt like, you know what, because I was a, you know, an African girl, um, you know, an African-American girl, I couldn't do it. And who wants to listen to black people talk about rock music? That's absolutely absurd. 
And I was telling myself this, giving me my, like, my own self-fulfilling prophecy. And then I said, you know what? Screw it. I like rock. I like my white guys, my Asian guys. You know, I like I like what I like because that defines me as as who I am. Am I going to change myself for other people? Hell no. So young folks, old folks, gay, straight, Christian, not, whatever, live your life. Do not let others define your life because one day you could not be here and then you're dead. And then you wonder, man, what did I do in my life? And then on top of that, please make sure that if you see a friend going through something, you know, they're going through suicide or they have a drug addiction or something like that, do not wait to get to them. Get in there, do an intervention, and get them the help that they need because we need more people to reach out like that And can you imagine how many lives will be saved from things like suicide and depression if these these people who did do these things, if they have one friend that just loved them or one family member or just somebody who really cared about them unconditionally, do you know how wonderful, like, that is to have someone do that? And I'm lucky I'm blessed. You know, I have my parents here. I'm a sister. I got my, you know, cool cousin and you know, they all support what I do. Even when times when the outside world thinks what I do is absurd. I'm going to keep rocking, fellas and ladies out here. Thanks so much for listening to the Melhead Show. Um, you can definitely get in touch with me a lot of different ways. Sin TV is going to be rocking with some awesome geek playing action. I'm continuing my journey through Dungeon Fighter Online. And as you know, a DFO on the weekends hashtag extra experience point. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. No. Send me out on Twitter at Curvy Metal. You can also email me at Curvy Metal, which is C-U-R-V-Y-M-E-T-A-L at gmail.com. Also, I am a part of the Indie Authority, so you can go to the IndieAuthority.com. Also, check out Indie Authority on Twitter. We are also on Facebook, too, so check out Indie Authority on Facebook. Shout out to Lady Spitfire and the rest of the crew who just Keep me going here. When I want to throw the towel in, you know, and just be like, why am I doing this? I I keep going because I know I'm meant to do this. I'm going to keep rocking. And always remember to stay classy and don't be trashy. And you know what? Today, all right, we've got to play. Not not a regular song, okay? we got to play a song that gets this boom, boom, pow, shaking. So to end this wonderful set, and I'm gonna keep keep rocking here. Here is Hollow and a key embo with Fever Dreams. This is the Mesa remix here on the Kirby Metalhead Show. <laughs> like I can't talk today. Oh my god! Keep rocking, people. <laughs>
spin your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing the Godfather at chabacasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.